All right. Welcome back to the Ladies Let's Talk About Sex podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, and I'm a lady talking about sex. And actually, for the first time ever in the podcast, we are having a man. So, Colm, do you want to introduce yourself and let everybody know why I so graciously chose you to be the first man on the Ladies Let's Talk About Sex pod? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, my name is Colm Heath. My pronouns are he, him. I'm a third-year kin student at Brock. And uh, the only reason Felicia let me on the podcast is because I've known her since JK and I wouldn't stop bugging her. <laughs> so she had to let me come on. Well, I definitely think that this was kind of part of the process and the evolution of the Ladies Let's Talk About Sex podcast to have some men here. So I definitely was really comfortable letting you come on. I'm a little bit cautious, but I was definitely comfortable having this conversation with you because we have done it kind of in our personal lives. But today we're going to be talking about a little bit of sex ed, a little bit of sexuality, and Colm, as a cis straight man, is going to ask me some very controversial questions. So some of the things that some people just don't really understand, and we're in an open and safe space to kind of have these conversations. Um and to have a very respectful and open conversation. So I'm really, really excited to have you here. Um, so thanks for coming on. But I started off the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. <laughs> but I started the podcast with the opening topic of my sex education and kind of how that was. And Colm and I actually went to the same elementary school. So you experienced Fully Alive the same way I did. So I kind of want to know... <laughs> I want to know what sex education was like for you and like how and, and how has it been important into your like early adulthood into your sexual experiences like how has that shaped anything that you've done well I I don't know if it was because we went to a catholic school but our sex ed was it was it was it was fucking garbage it was being <laughs> real it was it was really it was really bad you know they didn't talk about consent Oh, like oh. to me, they just talked about the reproductive organs. That's all I remember, and 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 the science behind it. There was no transsexuals. There was no finding your own identity. There was there was none of that. There was no oh, it's okay, be yourself. You know, it was very like um, Catholic, to you know, put in straight terms. So I really found myself, and even when I went to high school, I had one. The only sex ed class I had was grade nine gym class. And that was another joke. It was wear a condom, don't get her pregnant, don't catch STDs. And that was it. So I really found myself just sort of winging it as I got older and, you know, becoming a man, just figuring stuff out on my own. Did you feel like because I think for us, when we had high school sex ed, we were divided boys and girls. Was it the same thing? And how was it on the other side of the like gym tarp? I mean, if you could imagine the conversations 12 to 14 year old boys had about sex, <laughs> it uh, wasn't very progressive. And, you know, we didn't get far. And you know, it, like it was it was bad. It was bad. There was no open discussions. It was simply talking about having sex with women and what it would feel like, you know, there was no, the end, there would be no, it was not a safe space. Um, no guy would openly come out in that group and say, 
oh, you know, I've been having these feelings or I feel a certain way, you know, there's, there'd be none of that. So I feel like it needs to change. And um, yeah, we need to have, there needs to be, hmm, let me rephrase that. Let's go back. Okay. Oh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there needs to be, okay, how should I phrase this? Say it however you experienced it. I think that's the like number one thing. Well, it was just, it, it was just a joke. If it, it was just, we, we would just laugh about it. We experienced it as it was comical. Our teacher would say, oh yeah, boys, you know, make sure when you're having sex with a woman that, uh, you know, you put the Jimmy on and just uh, cross your fingers and make sure you, you don't get an STD or you don't get her pregnant and you don't have to go tell your parents. That was, I'm not joking when I tell you that was my sex ed in grade nine. Do you think that the teachers perpetuated or like fed into this culture of like wrap it up and have sex? You know, I do not, some teachers, I don't blame. I blame the curriculum because there were some teachers that tried to shed light on um, bigger topics, but, were, um, but weren't allowed to per se because of the uh, Catholic school and the Catholic school board. So they were definitely cautious around like the wording that they chose and the topics they wanted to uh, shed light to. So I do feel bad for them in that regard because they were trying to bring awareness. But yeah, I feel like it was definitely the school board that's uh, to blame. Hmm. And like looking back, where do you think your sex ed experience like failed you? Or do you think just like overall it failed you? Or is there one specific thing that like you wish you knew at 14 that like you learned maybe later on in your life at 18, 19, 20? You know, I, I personally don't think so for me being a cisgendered straight male, because I feel like the world is kind of catered to me. So like I, the, I was brought up in a world where, you know, what I'm uh, like, I aligned with the world views, society's views. So nothing really, there, 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 there was nothing really I was insecure about or unsure about you know, I just got lucky and, you know, I'm straight and everything I saw on TV, the media, it was all straight. So I just thought, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be. And I'm, and I'm doing everything right. So everything's okay. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't have any problems and I'm uh, very blessed for that. You don't think that, because I do think that like cis straight men, even though they are, they fall under the heteronormative, you know, category. I do think that they are obviously not oppressed to the same degree like women and marginalized folks are, but I think you guys didn't get the opportunity to like have open conversations about like the psychology and sex and like, you know, maybe having an emotional relationship alongside a sexual relationship or like even just like talking about women and like perpetuating those, you know, those notions. Like, I don't think that makes you inherently bad you were just kind of like a product of the society that you grew up in i mean 
um, we definitely had to deal with toxic masculinity. That was definitely a, a big thing, you know, you know, it was shunned upon if, you know, you showed your feelings, even to a woman, you know, at a young age, if, you know, you said, oh, like, oh, I love this girl, you know, you'd made, you were made fun of, you know, just like um, not being able to cry, you know, not being able to confide in someone, uh, you know, in fear of being called like a pussy or a faggot, you know, just like throwing really harsh terms out there. So, yeah, it definitely, it definitely wasn't easy to open up amongst like your friends. So, yeah. It's there. I, sometimes I think you guys don't notice it necessarily, but it is there. But I do, I do appreciate your recognition of like, it's definitely not the same, but it still exists. But I think what's really interesting and like as I've grown and like learned from my mistakes, like a lot of women have, um, which is unfortunate because I just don't think people should have to learn from like really negative experiences to like have fulfilling sex lives. But how has your like openness and your experiences changed your perception of like sexuality and like you as a sexual being? Like how I see um, other people's like sexual preference? No, like how you see, like how, how's your sex life changed since like, you know, the time you lost your virginity to now? Like, has there been any growth, any development, things you've learned? Oh, oh, yes to all the above. (laughs) Okay, so the first time I had sex, no clue what I was doing. Absolutely, absolutely none. How old are you? Can I ask? Yeah, I was, um, oh, I was either 16 or 17. Okay. Maybe some, somewhere in there, (laughs) somewhere, somewhere. I I don't know. I'm, I'm really bad. I'm really bad when it comes to high school. It's all a blur blur to me. Okay. Okay. But (laughs) yeah, you know, it was like, I was very, very, I would be nervous and I, you know, like I just didn't, I wasn't sure and I wasn't confident in what I was doing. And then over time, you know, I just grew and I became more confident and I was sure in the things I could do and like how to please a woman. And so that, and it just built my confidence and then it just kind of like snowballed from there. But I'm still open, you know, I still don't claim to be like, you know, sex master you know i'm still open for new things to learn new things and i still know there's a lot of stuff i um i've yet to experience so yeah i'm always open to new things you said something interesting because you're like open to pleasing a woman and i know that that's not something that was necessarily like super cool until recently um yeah yeah in high school yeah yeah In, in high school um eating women out was like Ew, like what are you doing like what you know it's do like, you remember oh, bro, I, don't, I don't eat pussy like <laughs> i remember now having it's like, mm. a conversation with somebody about like kissing your girl after she gives you head <clears throat> and like guys being like oh don't kiss her after she gives me head and it's just like wh- like i mean there, there there is there is there is a good point like if it's your girl me personally, if it's your girlfriend or someone like, you know, you like and you care about and all that jazz, then yeah, that's okay. But like me personally, if it's like a random person, I don't know. And she wants to kiss me after I kind of be like, eh, like why, you know? 
She put your she put your dick in her mouth and you're not going to kiss her after? Yeah, but to me, kissing is more of like a sensual thing, like an... Uh... Do you not kiss when you have one night stands? Not really. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like as minimal as possible. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, I, I mean, it's different for everybody, but yeah, I, I'd love to hear your like experience with like how that evolution of pleasing a woman has changed and like was there a moment or like some sort of spark in your head where you're like actually this I enjoy I enjoy this yeah it was probably um my first year in uni and um I was at the club and I started talking to this girl and then she brought me back to her place and she was an older woman like two or three years older than me okay I to her about my like- age <laughs> Gollum. I, I had to. Okay. Side note. If a girl finds out that you're younger than that, that she's older than you, she's not going to talk to you. And that's, that's, well, that's the Half that, of my know? kills have been younger than me. I hate, I can't, I can't believe I said the word kills, well, but well, like, Lisa, that's because you're just different. Okay. You just build different. Okay. Thank you. The majority of women will not give you a chance if you're younger. So I had to lie to her. <laughs> okay. Anyways, anyways, anyways. I was not going to uh, eat her out. And then. And then. Um, Looks back to see if parents are listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyways. So, yeah. So. Then. Then I, I, I wasn't planning on it. And then she was like, she just, she literally grabbed my head and pushed it down there in a consensual way. Okay. But anyways. Um. Yeah, and then I was like, "Oh wait, this is actually kind of lit." And so from then on, that uh, uh, from then on, I've been um, I've been a fan. What what is what is lit about it for you? Uh, just pleasing a woman, and um, you know, uh, hearing how uh, pleased and happy she is that I'm doing a good job. Is it like an ego thing or like a satisfaction thing? Like, what I'd do say you... it's both. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like a pat on the back. It's like, oh, good job, Colin. You're doing, you're doing good work. Okay, cool. And how do you think, because I know a lot of the ways, a lot in the ways of like the way we, oh my God. A lot of the time when we're taught sex, it ends with like male ejaculation. So kind of like the buildup and then the climax and then the finish. Has that changed in your experience or is it still pretty much that like linear? Just I mean, like... yes, it does end with me because then, I, you know, once I'm done, I'm done. But I do try and make sure she comes before I do. Okay. I try my hardest. I give it my all. And okay. if I fall short, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> Is there anything you've learned over time that has helped you not fall short? Do you have any, like... You want to... You wanna... Damn, can I give my tips online? Can I just... Well, it's a sex podcast. I wasn't going to, like, have you come here and talk about math. I know, but, like, this is, like... This is, this is knowledge that I've acquired over time. Like, can I just give it out like that? I really don't think it's that great. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> 
I mean, like, I'm sure it's fine, ouch, but like, ouch, ouch. I don't know how special you are compared to the rest of the cis straight men. Oh, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna pretend I didn't hear that. Okay. You know I'm special. You're unique. Thank, thank you. Okay, You're sorry. Welcome. What was the question again? Um, how oh, what how I've uh, learned to last longer? That was basically it. No, not how you've learned to last longer. I don't care about that. I'm oh. <laughs> I'm more concerned about how like what have you learned over time that has like helped you please a woman. Hmm. Patience, patience, patience. Mm. Going in, going in slow. You can't, you can't rush. As excited as you get, and as much as you want to like jump into to sex, like foreplay is key, and it requires time. And it's like it's also like it's like a buildup, you know. Like, like I think of it like kind of like a movie or a story, you know. You can't get to the climax or the or the end, you know. You have to like you have to like build it up slow and create tension and all that fun stuff. How long does sex go, go, go? No, no, sorry. I I was basically done. Yeah. yeah. How long does sex (laughs) last for me? Uh, Like, okay. So when we're talking about sex, I'm going to include like the foreplay all the way to like the finish. So do you want me to say like, so do you want me to say like, like a number of it all together or like how long each part lasts? No, no, no. A number of it all together. I don't need that much detail. Well, no, I make out with podcast. her for 3.5 minutes and then oh, I start fingering yeah. her for about 4.15. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're skipping major steps. But okay, okay. Anyways, um, I don't know. Probably like it, 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 it all depends. Like, like usually I'm done it within, okay, and foreplay, like, I don't know, like an hour? An hour? An hour and, yeah. That's a long time. Sorry. No, I mean like, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> like, okay, how does like how long is penetrative intercourse for you? Mm, I don't know, like 20, 30 minutes. That's a long, that's a long time. Like, okay, even but, just statistically. Okay, okay. No, no, no. There's nothing wrong with you. That's great. But just like statistically on average, intercourse for like the average man is like about six minutes, like penetrative intercourse. That doesn't include like foreplay, but for women to climax, typically it takes the average woman about 20 minutes to achieve orgasm, whether it's like from fingering or eating out or penetrative sex, which is like the least likelihood, but I'll include it, takes them about 20 minutes. But for men, it's like a lot shorter, but that's a lot. What are you doing? Okay, but like, yeah, you had okay, like, like, I'm penetrating her, and then I might. Can I get a graphic here? Like, am I allowed to? Yes. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, sorry. And then I'll like, I'll pull out, and then I'll start like eating her out, and then, or maybe she'll like suck my dick. Like, it's not just, you know what I mean? Like, it's not That's just good. It's not linear. Then you were the way you were explaining it earlier. It kind of made it sound like you just do like your fingers then both of you get head and then you have sex and then it's over no it's kind of boring thank you you're doing it right no that's good that's good okay i'm patting myself on the back right now you're taking your time no i think the one thing that i wanted to kind of talk about was that sex isn't linear we're kind of taught that it's this thing of like you make out you give hand jobs you give blowjobs, you have intercourse, the man climaxes, and then it's over. But like, there's a lot of things you can do, like in the middle, at the end, 
at the beginning. So it sounds like you're on a good track, but one hour is a long time. I would be really tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Have you, well, this is, you don't have to answer this, but like, how has your experience been with like your own sexual health and like maintaining that and like be having safe sex? And like, if there's ever been a situation where you've been uncertain about what's going on down there, what's happening orally, or are you just like, Um, are you risky business all the time? Just winging it, no condoms, pulling out, like what's, how do you have safe sex? And are you adamant about safe sex? Are you kind of like wishy-washy? I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. But, um, like there are some times or where I where I'm not like if I don't like if 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 I'm talking or if I'm with a girl and I don't have a condom, sometimes I'll just be like, oh, it's OK. I can pull out. It's whatever, you know. Come. Yeah, yeah. OK, don't judge me. Don't judge me. It's OK. I'm like I'm like shooting 100 percent from the field, though. So it's OK. No, don't perpetuate this shit. It's like a 70 percent like effective 70 okay yeah yeah i know i know it 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 it, the percentage of me doing that is like very very minimal okay but i am also like i'm i'm very picky as to who my partners are so i don't you know like i wouldn't have sex with someone who i know has like a possibility of having an std or who's very like you know, who gets around a lot just for that reason. Hmm. And if they do, then I definitely put a condom on and I'd be wary. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just not, I'm just not going out there willy nilly, you know, throwing the glizzy around, you know what I mean? Sorry. Okay. That's an interesting thing though, that you said a little bit about like somebody potentially having it or somebody maybe doing a little bit more risky business, but you know how we get STDs, right? How many times does it take for you to get an STD? Once? Mm-hmm. So right. like, oh, yeah, yeah you're, you are correct. It only takes one in like one encounter to get an STD. So, or an STI. So it's really important that you're practicing safe sex all the time. I and do my you, best. Yeah. Okay. But we also don't want to shame women for being you know, quote unquote promiscuous for just doing what everyone else has been doing. Well, I, well, I don't shame them for being promiscuous, you know, to each his own, but you can't blame me for being a little bit cautious. Not for, not because I think she's like promiscuous and that means she's a slut, but just because, you know, I don't want to get an STD and there's a higher chance, you know, she'll have one if she's being promiscuous. So, you you know, there's no correlation to promiscuity and STIs. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Why do I find that hard to believe? Well, there hasn't been a lot of like quantitative studies that have gathered that like higher sexual partners increases like STI transmission. Obviously, like the likelihood does increase, but it only takes one time. And like, that's something that I have a lot of trouble with when we kind of like put these notions of like, okay, listen, if you know somebody who who possibly has had an STD, Like, I think that having an open conversation with them, if you want to, you know, interact and have a 
a relationship or even an encounter, it's very important, especially if you're like, you know, being a little bit on the riskier side. But I do think it's important that we like really understand where these notions of like, okay, how do you know she had an STI? Like, did you, do you know somebody who also had to take like chlamydia medication? Are you Googling something right now? No, my screen just went blank. So I just shook it. Now you were Googling. You're fact checking me. What is chlamydia? But I think it's important that we really undo these notions of like, while she sleeps around, she probably has a lot more. But I also think it's important to just exercise precaution regardless of who the partner is and to have those open conversations. Have you had an open conversation with a woman about STIs? Um, yeah, but it wasn't very productive. It was just more like jokingly. It wasn't, it wasn't a serious conversation like what we're having now. So, all right. So yeah, I'd probably say no. Okay. How would you feel having that conversation? Like if you got chlamydia, how would you go about that? Probably talk to you. (laughs) You're not having sex with me. No, no, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like if I got it, I'd ask you, what should I do? Okay. Okay. So you'd come to your, your resident friend. Sex professional. <laughs> no, quote unquote. Yeah. Put that in brackets. Um, yeah. No, okay. I, 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 just, I just go to my doctor and then I, and then he, he'd tell me what to do, prescription to take. And then I talk to whoever gave it to me or who I think gave it to me or whoever's on my like, you know, like list that I've been uh, intimate with over like the past so-and-so and tell them like, Hey, get yourself checked and then you know my hands are washed they're clean okay you don't feel like any I don't know like would you feel any shame or just kind of like like any sort of negative connotation if you tested positive for an STI I mean I'd feel bad if I gave it to somebody but if I got it no I'm just like the victim you know like shame on whoever gave it to me but Okay, I wouldn't say shame on whoever gave it to me because what happens if they didn't know? But you but, know what I mean? Like, but, I, I wouldn't feel I wouldn't feel bad about it. I don't think there's, I, I don't think it's that wrong to get it. You know what I mean? Like, if you're having sex, like, there's always that risk. And, I, you know, I'm not going to stop having sex just because I'm afraid to get chlamydia. You take the precautions and you do, you follow all the steps. And then if you get it, then, you know. It's okay. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because... I think that we have this like notion of like who gave it to who and it's kind of like the cooties thing that we hear a lot in elementary school but it's it's the same as getting like a cold like the person that gives you strep throat isn't to blame you know like it's you you when you go out into the world pre-covid and you don't wear a mask you you tell me chlamydia is not that serious no it's it's an infection Okay. Listen, I'm not saying don't practice safe sex, but I'm just saying that STIs aren't as bad as people think. They're really not detrimental to your life. They're not detrimental to your sex life. You're not a bad person. I mean, some of them are bad. That's when you're getting into the like infections, like when you're talking about like AIDS and HPV, but that's not like... Isn't that, is that not an STI? So... There's a little bit of a debate around STIs and STDs. The reason why I'm moving away from STD 
is because they quantify these infections as diseases, kind of like cancer. Like it's not the same. If you get chlamydia, you can get over it. It's like curable. It's like taking antibiotics. That's why I like to compare it to like strep throat. You get strep throat. Nobody's to blame. Yes, you're ill. It's not fun. It's not a pleasant experience, but you take your antibiotics and you move on with your life. You're, you can still use your throat. You can still go on with, you know, everything else. The, the issue that when it comes to like the viral infections is that they're forever and there's sometimes no cures. Um, and when you're dealing with like HPV, that can turn into like cervical cancer in women. So that's when it becomes a little bit problematic, which is why I still say like have safe sex. But like, I think the thing is that when we're using any of our organs, there's always risk for infection, whether it's your nose, your ears, your mouth, your vagina, your penis, there's always a risk, right? And it's, it's not about like blaming people. It's more just about exercising precaution and then dealing with the matter at hand in like the most respectful way and the safest way for you and for your partners. Yeah. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's I'm I'm glad. No, but I'm glad we're having these conversations because sometimes these like minor things can really perpetuate like negative connotations around like, Oh, shame on you. You got an STI. It's like, I know people have gotten STIs from their, the first time they had sex one time. So it's, it's, it's a very, like, it's a very taboo thing that we have to like demystify. And I think the school system definitely perpetuates this like cootie thing where like, there's a bunch, I've heard a bunch of stories about people who like pass around a cookie in the classroom. And then the last person that gets the cookie has to like eat it. And that's what they say. They, they like equate that to like a person having sex before marriage. It's like, why would you want to touch that cookie when everyone else has touched it? And it's just like, that's not, it's not the it's same. Not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. No, but <laughs> as we kind of move on, I definitely wanted to like ask you because I spoke to you before we started recording about like how you feel coming on like a predominantly like like a female founded podcast that typically markets most of the conversations to women. Like, how do you feel coming here as a man? And like, why do you think it's your place? Or like, what insight do you think you have to bring? It's not patronizing. I, mean, it, I, I, I don't yeah, want I was to gonna say, do, do, you, do you think I should feel uncomfortable? No. Should I feel I just, uncomfortable? Is this a welcoming place? I, I like to hope so. <laughs> do you do you feel welcome? <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll see when uh, people comment on this podcast. We'll see if I'm welcomed or not. I hope okay. I am. No, no, I like. I felt. I mean, like, is straight cis male not on the spectrum? Am I not? Am I, am I not part of it? Like, granted, I'm like uh, you know the quote unquote norm. But I still feel like my voice should have a say and my opinion should matter. So why not be on the podcast? I'm still like a, right? I still have a, a perspective. No, I agree. And you do have like a very particular perspective too, which is why I let you come on the podcast because I haven't had too many like super controversial people on here. So it's like I did choose like 
I did choose a man that I was comfortable with who does have predominantly like leftist views. So there was a little bit of weeding out in that in that category. But you think I'm a left? You think I have leftist views? You said it before we started recording. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So but what do you think like would necessarily like hinder a man or like encourage a man from listening to our podcast, especially with like ladies being in the title. I know that that's something that a lot of like non-binary folks or like trans individuals sometimes don't feel like this is a safe space for them. Do you think men have the same? They don't, they don't feel this is a safe space. No, Mm -mm. but sometimes because it is, they have to, okay. Remember that they have to warrant with caution. Some people who identify with the term ladies or the term women don't necessarily make it an inclusive environment for people who maybe present themselves as femme identifying, but might represent themselves as like they, them. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they've been ostracized. Wait, 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 wait. Because they've been ostracized from society, they do have to warrant, like they have to go in with caution. Do you understand what I'm kind of saying? I understand what you're saying, but like, okay, the podcast is ladies, let's talk about sex. And here I am a male, you know, coming on here, not giving two fucks. Sorry, excuse my language. You know, like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it should matter. I don't think the title should deter you. These um, trans women that you're talking about, like, I think like, I'm not saying they're points or their concerns aren't valid but like the only thing that's going to make you secure feel uh have the only thing that's going to make you feel safe or secure is having a title that you feel included in like that to me that doesn't seem realistic you know how is how is your title going to cater to everybody across the spectrum it can't it's impossible i don't think you can so i i don't think i think that's something that they have to deal with and they have to get over because I think what you're doing is great. And I think you're including, I think you're including everybody. Right. So I, you know, I feel included and I'm a straight cis male. I don't feel out of place here. So I, you know, I, I disagree with what you're saying that, or what they're saying that they don't feel included. I think, I think some things like are kind of under or, I think they're out of yours and mine's comprehension because I've never had to, I've never felt like I was in a space like that was supposed to be inclusive, but maybe wasn't like, I never felt super marginalized by society because remember I'm white and I'm cis. And like, I do have like, I do have a lot of privilege in that. Like if, if we're going to put women on the period pyramid period, Everyone has a period. Um, pyramid. Not me. Not you. Thank you're lucky. But anyways, um, if we're gonna put women on a pyramid, like I'm at the top, obviously, because I'm I'm white and I'm privileged and I've I don't really have any like physical things that are gonna marginalize me. I don't have any disabilities, I don't have any like overt religious things that could oppress me. So like I've never felt that. I I understand though where they're coming from. And like, also granted, like, you've known me my whole life, right? So you feel safe coming and having these conversations with me, because you know that like, my intention is always good. uh, And like, productive, I think that like, even 
though we might not agree with every single thing or like we might have different perspectives or different like walks of life, you and I are going to come out of this conversation with like the same, if not more respect for one another. But that's because you know me, like, you know, my intention. And like, there are people out there who don't want to include non-binary folk or trans folk or anyone within like the LGBTQIA plus community. So like, I don't know. It's something that I sometimes struggle with, but that's why I start the podcast with like, I'm a lady talking about sex because that's how I identify. It doesn't mean that all the conversations are going to encompass that, but I think this is a really great segue to Column's controversial questions. Well, can, uh, can, 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 can I say one more point about that thing before? Yeah. Okay. I just have to say, you know, never judge a book by its cover. You know, it like you read the title, ladies, let's talk about sex. If that deters you, then shame on you. If you listen to five minutes of the podcast, well, I'm saying if that deters you, shame on you. You know what I mean? You don't get mad at me. If, you don't know you people's to- experiences, though. Don't judge them by their initial reaction. Well, I don't think I don't think that's fair. If you see a title and you don't like it, like you, you don't you don't you don't know what this that's like looking at someone and like, you know, uh, you say, oh, I don't like that person because how they dress or how they look. Yeah, you don't have no clue about them. You don't know what they're like. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know what their story entails. So how, how are you gonna, how are you going to judge your podcast on its title when I think it's an inclusive title? Just saying, if you, if you listen to five minutes of the po- of like any podcast, you know what you're about and you know that you're including everybody or you're trying to and you're trying to shed light on um, important topics. So like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Just That's just me personally. I think I think you're doing a great job, Felicia. Thanks, Colm. I appreciate that. I, I, I do see your point. I'm glad that you feel included because that's something that I was really nervous about because I do want to have more men or male identifying folks on the pod, but I don't know how like interested they're going to be because the title does have like late ladies, let's talk about sex, but we'll see. I mean, like everything I do, I take it with a grain of salt, right? And everybody comes from their own walks of life. So some things are way more triggering to specific people than others, right? I don't think it's fair to talk about a whole body of people, like a whole body of like trans women or a whole body of non-binary folk, because I've had, I've had trans women on the pod and they're pretty comfortable, but like, it could be really triggering to someone who was like really marginalized and then like from some sort of walk of their life. And like, I don't blame people at all. I, I think that it's just like, I don't know. I think it's really important with everything I do that I try and do it with as much respect as I can. And I try and um, I, I, I do want to include everybody, but I know that it's also kind of impossible. Um, and I know that there are limitations to like me having conversations with people. Um, but no, I, I, I'm glad you don't feel excluded. Do you think that there's anything that would like maybe hinder male listeners from listening or if you saw this podcast you would click on it if you didn't know me um the only thing that hinders male listeners i'd say like at least straight or cis straight male listeners is um like the topics you know i was going through um your podcast titles um the other day and a lot of them are like topics that you know, sorry to say, like, wouldn't interest me. Like, when you talk about 
um oh i can't think of one right now not necessarily uh, like they're not controversial topics just about like women's health like you know about like uh your vagina and stuff like that like that you know uh sorry like i don't know what i'm supposed to do with that information you know i'm not <laughs> I, I i'm not gonna listen to a whole hour podcast on that but like if you have um um podcasts like about like the stuff we're going to talk about uh, real soon then yeah i think a lot of men would listen to that that's why i'm here yeah and you're the first one so i'm interested to see how this goes but i think yeah i th- i'm i'm excited to kind of have these conversations because i typically don't get challenged much on this podcast from the guests cuz we most of the time have very similar views or i'm learning from somebody that like i could learn like I could I I'm here to like storytell with them but I'm really excited to get into these controversial topics because I actually had a conversation about topic number one with one of our good friends Jackson recently (laughs) so I'm really excited about this Jackson yeah shout out to Jackson because this was definitely an interesting one but the question is what should the repercussions be for somebody who misgenders someone else? So do you want to give me like a specific scenario and then maybe we can like talk about it and figure out. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's say, um, let's say I'm walking down the street and um, I'm in like, uh, say I've never been to Toronto before. And I was like, and I went up to um, a woman who to me is clearly a woman by all identifiable features and whatnot. And I say, excuse me, miss, do you know where so-and-so station is? Or, do, or you know, do you have the time? And she says, miss. And then she gets mad at me and starts going off on me, you know, calling me misogynistic, blah, 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 because I'm not using her preferred pronouns. Or I guess miss isn't a pronoun, but, you know, Say if I said, oh, like, um, um, you know, if I was talking to a girl or I was talking about a girl and I was like, oh, she said this or she doesn't like that. And she wasn't her preferred pronoun. It was they, them or even he, him. And then all of a sudden, you know, say it's like a progressive group and everybody turns on me and I become and I become like ostracized and everybody gets mad at me and says, why would you assume her pronouns? Like, I, um, I, I just... I fail to see how that's my fault and how I should be held accountable. Okay. So, I mean, I think the number one thing that I can grapple from those two scenarios, the subway and the group where the person isn't like present is, or I guess the question that I would have is, were you intentionally misgendering somebody? No, no. If, okay, let me give you some background information. If, if a if someone asked me to use their preferred pronouns, I I would I would use them by all means. If if you know if they were like a trans woman, they said hi, can you like refer to me? Please refer to me as she her. I'd say okay, that's no problem. I'll do my best. But for me to have to like assume or or not assume, but like ask beforehand, to me that's a little bit excessive. Okay. <sighs> So I think pronouns are just as personal as like personal names. So like something that I've done because I'm still new to this like sexual health 
like industry. Like I'm two years in, I'm still learning and growing. Um, Something that like I've intentionally done is I've started to essentially like call upon people using gender neutral pronouns before, like even people that like are super femme identifying, like I will refer to them as they, them, if like I'm unsure, or even if I like don't know someone, um, like, or if I'm in the subway, I wouldn't, I would try my best. And like, this is the thing, like you're going to slip up. Everybody's going to make mistakes because we're humans and that's it period. Nobody's perfect. Um, but like, I'm starting to move towards a more gender inclusive, like even just like generalizations, just because like by assuming we're kind of perpetuating heteronormativity and like, I don't want to be, I don't really like, I don't like heteronormativity. I don't like assuming anything about anyone. I like people to have like the liberty to make the decisions for themselves. Obviously I still make mistakes. I still miss like misgender people and I use the wrong pronoun sometimes just out of a slip but it's something that I'm actively working on because I not only do I want to make the community that I'm involved with better but I also just want to make the world a little bit more of just like a gender neutral place however I I know and this is like a problem that we see all the time with any sort of like radicalization within any sort of community, right? Like you're dealing with most likely like left-wing people who are, could possibly attack you if you miss, like if you misgender or use the wrong pronoun, but I don't think that's efficient. And I think we need to like move past that. My issue when it comes to like repercussions for misgendering is when it becomes like workplace harassment or intention. So like if somebody transitions and they went from she, her to he, him, And then somebody in their workplace or school environment starts using the wrong pronoun because they are just trying to perpetuate some bullshit that they want to, or they're angry at the world and they want to be an asshole. But like when it comes to like unintentional misgendering, I think all you have to do is just ask and then move on. Has any of these experiences like happened to you? Have you lived them? No, I haven't, but um, my brother has. Uh, mm-hmm. When he was um, at work and, a, and a, a new co-worker came in and he uh, used the wrong pronoun and she uh, she got very mad at him and she reported him. But it was like, you know, it was uh, completely innocent. She looked like a woman and he just called her she. And um, yeah. But anyways, I have like I also have a problem with they them. Like that's not grammatically correct. You know what I mean? Like I like to refer to an individual as they, them, like, like, come on. Like I, I'm, I'm all on board with um, using she, she, her, him, um, um, he, him, but, and also the, the list doesn't stop there. It goes on. They're using like Zezer, you know, the whole alphabet. That's, that's not realistic to me. And you, you can't force people to use these, made up terms like like uh, I'm, I'm sorry you know what I mean like I I I don't think it's right to force people to use these these terms I don't I don't think it's right do you think it's right to force people to abide by two specific genders when humans are so complex and so different 
Um, yeah. Really? I do. Like, there, there, there's the only, there's only two. Like, like you can't use they, them, because it's not grammatically correct. It's plural. How are you going to refer? How would I refer to you as? They don't want to do that when it's just you. That doesn't make any. That does, that's that's not right. You can't just, you know, that's not that's not grammatically correct. You've never. I've known you for twenty one years or whatever, eighteen years. Baby. Eighteen years. I haven't known you since birth, and oh, you've true, never true, true. been the grammar police. I've never been the grammar police. Yeah, because we all use slang and we all slip up every every now and then. But when you're gonna when you're gonna blatantly go against grammar rules like that, like that's just like, you know, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, they don't want to do that. It's it's their choice. It, uh, it's it's just one person. But but besides they um, they them, like that's like, I could I could let that go. You know, if if that became a norm, that's whatever for me. But where I draw the line is that whole list of of pronouns that have only come up within like the last like five years max the zzim the zzer like 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 that 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 that's made up that's that's not that's not english where does this like inability to change or like adapt stem from like why are you so set on the way that we've been doing things because if you look back we've changed a lot over the last hundred years. So why do you think like, we need to be stagnant right now with the way our language is written and done? And like, why do you think that the English language has made so, so many limitations to gender? Like, okay, let me, I, okay. If you want to refer to yourself as that, that is okay by me but I don't think I should be held accountable or it shouldn't be considered um, abusive or it, should, it shouldn't be considered uh, hate speech or hate crime if I misgender you and then refuse to call you by your preferred pronoun. It shouldn't... It, it, Why uh, would I don't, you I don't refuse? Think that's right. Well, I, I would only refuse... Okay, okay, okay. I wouldn't refuse personally. Me personally, I wouldn't refuse. But I'm also speaking on behalf of people who I believe have the right to refuse. If Why? you, if, if, if you, because I don't think it's fundamentally right. I don't think, you know, as I know in Canada, technically we don't have free speech because of, uh, because, you know, you can't be like arrested if you like incite like hate crimes hate and stuff crimes, like that. Yeah. But, um, I, and, and yeah, I, I don't think that's a hate crime. If, if you refuse to uh, use some, like a hate crime is, um, um, denying um, um, that like uh, six million Jews were um, killed in World War II. That, that's a hate crime, you know? Call, calling someone the N-word in public over and over, you know, you know that, that, that's a hate crime. So, refusing to um, call someone, refer to someone as Zirzer, you know, put, to me, that's kind of disrespectful. If you put that in the same category as, um, as those other two that I mentioned, what do you know about like queer history? I mean, just the basics to that, you know. Like well, what? Tell me, tell me what you like, tell me what you understand 
from like, like, why is this body? Why are these? Okay. Why are these bodies of people like marginalized? Like what have we perpetuated in the past that like, like, why are they still marginalized if they are like everyday folk or whatever? Like, like, tell me what you know. Well, honestly, I'm actually kind of, I, I actually don't know because I know that in like previous societies, like gay sex and, and all that stuff was in a sense like normal. And, and it was looked upon as just like your everyday stuff. But um, I don't know, you'd probably, ha- I'd probably say like the Catholic church has a big um, deal in it as, as making it this um, taboo thing as being anything other than um, a heterosexual male or female. So I, I honestly don't know the history of why they're so marginalized. I assume it's because it's against the Catholic Church. Okay. Well, to give you like kind of a rundown, a lot of things that have happened within the like the LGBTQIA plus community, one, it was the big othering thing. So like if you look back, the Greeks were all having like gay sex. Gay sex. And then obviously the Catholic church and colonization affected all of these things. But I think what's important to note is that the things that a lot of minority communities faced, the LGBTQIA plus community faced as well, alongside like all of the racial discrepancies that have happened. Like the gays were like burned, beaten and hanged. Like it's not like it was just a thing where like you were hush hush and then, like, if you were a gay Jew, that's a different type of ball situation game. you had to, like, pardon? Different ballgame. Yeah, especially, like, in World War II. So those perpetuations are still present today. And I think that it's unjust for us as a society to not expect more from each other, but also to just, like, expect respect. Like, why are you entitled to deciding if my pronouns are justified? And like, why are you entitled to disrespect me like that? Like, it's like me calling you Jim and just deciding that column is not, an, it, I don't, I don't like column. And like, I don't feel like column is an actual name. So I'm going to call you Jim, Jim. Okay, but a pronoun and a name are they're two different things. How? You know, okay, we'll use pronouns to shorten things up. You know what I mean? Like, well, my name is really short, but it's me referring to Felicia doesn't want to do this. Felicia's over here. Blah, 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 blah. Felicia, Felicia, Felicia. You just use she. It's just to shorten the language. Like, okay, like so- it, is, it, is, it, is it that big of a deal? Is it that big of an inconvenience? Like, and then, like, like, it, like it doesn't make, and like, so if it's that big of an inconvenience to use someone's real name, why can't you just use their preferred pronoun? Because if it's if it's conveniencing you to use a pronoun, then why do you why are you entitled to choose the pronoun to describe me? It shouldn't. It's it's the fact that it shouldn't be enforced by law. That's my whole. That's my whole. Uh, um, or deal with it. Like like it's. It, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be forced by law you can't make it a law it can't be a hate crime you know it, it can't it, it, it shouldn't be classified under abuse so you don't think that 
because because gender identity is so black white black and white in our society these people are advocating for themselves and they're advocating for their authentic selves which is something that you and I've never had to struggle with right you've never woken up in your body and looked at your genitalia or looked at the way you presented yourself and was like this is not this doesn't feel true to me you've never had that have you you know well I'm asking oh (laughs) no I haven't I I don't assume right I don't know but I've never had that either and like part of this movement for pronouns is to provide LGBTQIA people with the space to like live their authentic lives, but also to have some sort of social respect because we haven't been respecting these people and we're still not even close. Like the laws that protect the community, and I'm not even an expert, but I know that the Canadian government doesn't protect the community like within the health, um, like within healthcare. Sometimes they marginalize them. They don't give them all the right support that they need. Also, mental health tools are like a big thing. Like gender dysmorphia is real. Like we can't deny that. So like when it comes to enforcing it by law, I know it is challenging. However, I don't see the difference between a hate crime and intentionally misgendering someone to the point where like you're making them uncomfortable. Like it's 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 like in my mind, I compare it to like sexual harassment. Like you're going to come over and tell me I look good all the time and you're going to massage my back and you're going to make me feel unsafe in my workspace because I know you're going to come around and I know you're going to say something that's going to make me not feel welcome. What's the difference between like misgendering me intentionally when it's something I had to advocate for my whole life? You've had to prove yourself. You've had to prove your identity. You've had to prove to every single one, every single person that you've encountered that you don't fit under these. Are you a sir? Hmm? That you're a Z? That you're a Zer? That you're a Z? Whatever they want to be. That... Why, why are you entitled to tell somebody who they are and what they should be? Because that doesn't align with your perspective or your vocabulary. I'm, I, I'm entitled to choose my course of language. And that's like what I see fit. So I could say that about using the N-word then. You're really, okay, the thing is, you're really going to equate using the N-word to refusing to, that's a derogatory term to oppress Black people. And Mm -hmm. you're going to equate that to misgendering someone. Just, Uh, just, just, Just think about, just think about that. No, okay, so, like, I am, like, 90%, yeah. The thing is, the N-word holds a lot of, like, okay, first of all, I don't use the N-word. It holds a lot of weight. It holds a lot of weight. However, because we know so little, we've done so little research on the LGBTQIA plus community, we don't understand the long-term repercussions and the psychological effects that misgendering someone has. And like, it is, it is derogatory to misgender someone intentionally. It is. And like to do it ongoingly and make them feel uncomfortable in the spaces that they're in, I don't think it's justified. Imagine if a professor only referred to their trans students at like by their birth name because professors have access to that or teachers like I've had young students who have changed their names um 
and then fallen under the like they them category or whatever it may be. And I just go by their chosen name. I don't ask questions. I don't need to cause a fit about it. It's a little accommodation that I can make to make somebody else feel more comfortable in their skin, in their life, and in the institution that we're existing in. So why am I going to like, what's the purpose of me making their life more challenging? What does that do for me? Okay. The thing, the thing is like, I don't disagree with you. Like I, like, like I said before, me personally, I would say whatever pronouns they asked me to say, but it's all, I also don't like, as I would do it, I would not force someone or hold someone else accountable for choosing not to. I think it's their right to be able to say whatever they want and uh, not use this new set list of pronouns. But why are you not going to hold them accountable for that when you are going to hold them accountable for other hate crimes? That like hold because I wouldn't because I, I wouldn't I will I wouldn't consider this a hate crime. That's the main reason. You don't think it perpetuates like a negative connotation around the LGBTQIA plus community by misgendering somebody. Like you don't no. think it perpetuates homophobic notions. No. How how, how like I no I'm sorry I failed I failed to see that because like arguably. You can say that by not, like, the thing is, okay, people obviously go through an evolution and sometimes pronouns change. And there's really nothing wrong with that because we don't know enough and we also don't give people enough experience or exposure in, like, a gender-fluid kind of aesthetic, right? A lot of people find out they're queer in their later lives. So, like, you don't think that saying, like, I refuse to call you this because it is my right and I'm going to exercise it. It, You don't think it perpetuates heteronormativity? Okay. How many, okay. Let's, how, how many sexes are there? Um, there's like an indefinite amount, but like from what we know. No, no, no. There's not an indefinite. There's... No, there's intersex people. That's like, that's like point like zero zero one percent of the population. And I swear most of them either they end up choosing a sex. No, there's yes. So there's intersex people. And because of the way medicine is like evolved and obviously like focused on itself, a lot of people don't find out they're intersex until later in their life. So like some people can have penises and also have uteruses. Yeah, but that's not, okay, you're thinking that's like, I, I, I hate to say this, but that's like a genetic error. That's a, that's a, that's a mishap. In How the, do you know? In, because look at nature. There, there, it's, it's either you, you have a vagina or you have a penis. There was, okay, there was but... obviously, there's obviously some sort of mishap that happened. And that's why that person ended up with both. Uh, I disagree. Because if it was a mishap, how would they be able to survive and live full lives? Well, some people come, some people come out with missing limbs or disfigurements and they still survive. 
Yeah, but don't you think that this notion of like, they're faulty, they're a little, you know, there was a mishap perpetuates this notion of like, hetero, like, I'm, I'm bringing up heteronormativity all the time. But the thing is, in our society, we only value people who are able bodied, like we only value people who have penises, have vaginas, and all of their organs and functions work, right? When you see someone with autism, when you see someone in a wheelchair, when you see someone with a physical disability, they're like, they become a liability because of the way our society is constructed. But I want to go back because we're talking about sex and gender is something totally different, right? Yeah, but I, I just wanted to get like a foundation like point and then I was going to go up. But, but okay, yeah, okay, was... okay, okay. Go. Okay. Goddamn, I lost track. Okay, so Okay, well, we can't really go forward if we don't agree that there's only two sexes. But, okay, so I, to me, there's only two sexes, right? You can either be male or female. And then gender, to me, gender is like, um, it's like a spectrum, you know? And it's like um, societal norms that are enforced on us. And that's like our, uh, and then we get sort of our assigned gender, if you will. Mm-hmm. But to go with that, in the sex... In the, in the assigned sex, since there's only two, there would only be he, him, she, her. Because there's only two, because there's only two sexes. I don't believe your pronoun. I don't think it correlates with your gender. It correlates with your sex. If you're a man, if you're a man, you get he, him. If you're a woman, you get she, her. And then if you're a transsexual and you, and you choose to get a transition and say you become like a, a trans female, then you get the next, the the other set of pronouns and vice versa. Okay, so what about people who have gender neutral names assigned to them at birth? Yeah, but it's not the name. It's it's your physical it's your physical uh, body, your attributes. Yeah, but that has like that has nothing to do with my my name could be Felicia. It doesn't mean I'm not I'm a woman. I'm still I'm still a man. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the name has something to do with anything. Well, why are you assigning sex and pronouns? And also, like, why aren't you questioning why our society is... What's the importance of saying that she... Okay, so let's say you're using me, a cis woman. What's the, at, like, what's the value in the conversation if you're saying that she's going over there to move a table? Like, what is the importance of gendering me in that act? Why is it because that's just that because that's that's just the way that's just the way language works. Why is it in French that finetle is feminine? You say la finetle. It's just the way our language works. And why shouldn't we question it? What you what you want to question everything? Like, like there's nothing wrong with it. There's there's two sexes, so you can either be uh, a male or female, and then you just and then you just go with the assigned one. It's it's. It's it, if you say it's not that big of a deal, then what? Then what? 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 what wh- why are you fighting so hard to be called like a, a Zizer or a Zizim? Like, like it, you know? Well, okay, a few things. You believe in science, right? Yeah. Okay, so we know that there are more than two genders. Period. Intersex people exist, and I'm not gonna diminish them or their experiences. And the ones that I have encountered actually go by You've encountered intersex people mm-hmm. i've had a person on a podcast come and talk about their experience finding out they, they, they still have both of their parts or to be or honest i don't remember but it's also not your business um yeah that's true so that's something there 
Um, arguably, you brought up at the beginning of the episode that as a man, you come with a lot of privileges and there are things that you haven't had to experience that have made you feel marginalized by our society. And so like the reason why I question everything and a lot of the things I say are like counter to heteronormative notions or I say decolonize a lot is because the way our society was built was unjust. It was unjust to indigenous people. It was unjust to black folks. It was unjust to women and every other marginalized community that comes in between there, right? It was built for cis straight men. Say white men. Pardon? Say white men. Say white men. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you said say women. I was like, this was not built for women. Um, <laughs> no. Um, so with that foundation comes a lot of questions in relation to the way we use, the way we we identify people in our language. French is a really, they actually just came up with a new gender neutral pronoun because French is a really gendered yeah, language. That. It's really gendered and it's actually kind of questionable. Like, why does the fucking window need to be feminine? Like, yeah, but like, what so does is that add? Yes, but also these are colonizers' languages. Like, these languages were created by men. Women weren't a part of that. And like, it hasn't done good for a lot of people. It really hasn't, right? Yeah, it really made studying French hard. Yeah, okay. <sighs> To get to the sorry, point, sorry. sorry, 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 yeah, yeah. The argument is that a lot of the things in our society have further marginalized communities. And unfortunately, you're not, you haven't been super affected by these marginalizations. You, there are some that you have, and I'm not saying that you haven't experienced your own forms of oppression, but in this specific context, you have. What are my forms of oppression? Well, you're half black. True. Yeah, yeah. So race is like a thing. And like, I don't know if you deal with like being biracial, but like those... the daily, man. Yeah. So like, th- I don't want to assume, but like me not assuming is not hard. It really isn't. And I think that I have this challenge a lot when I talk to men about these issues, because I find that sometimes it's really challenging to get people to like, quote unquote, like walk in other people's shoes. Um, And even I myself, sometimes I don't know, and I'm not the expert in this field and I haven't had to face these oppressions, but I just don't, me personally, and I know you feel the same and I know you're trying to kind of play devil's advocate and like male's advocate, because I know that a lot of people feel the same way as you do. So I'm glad we're having this conversation and I'm glad it's respectful. Yeah, yeah, uh, just saying for everybody who's listening, I'll call you whatever pronouns you want. Okay. Just, uh, yeah. But this is a very, it's a very honest conversation that we have. At, I've had multiple times with multiple men. And like, I appreciate you bringing these notions up. But I do think that as like a potential educator, I really want to get men on board with a lot of these things because I think we need to work together harmoniously to kind of come to a better society for everybody. But I just don't know how to get men on board or even having like just having more of like an open mind to changing some of these things because they haven't done good for everybody and like I know that there's no perfect 
society and everybody is going to have their own issues. But if we can make marginalized groups lives a little bit easier and protect them, like I'm, I want to be there for that. And so like, I don't know if you have any advice that you would give to like male listeners, or maybe for me to just try and get men interested and engaged in these conversations. And like, if there was anything that I was kind of talking about earlier that maybe you know what you should do you know you should do you should get a you should get um um a, a debate on the podcast you should get like four of your friends who are like well educated and like uh like certain topics you know like pronouns uh gender all that fun stuff and then get like four men who have like differing opinions on the matter and from like diverse like genders sexualities whatnot and then just have them go at it obviously like like you know like a professional debate where you have like a mediator and whatnot but so you get like you know a whole bunch of perspectives and i i feel like if you have like men on say you get like three or four men and then if you like let their voices be heard like like i'm doing right now like i'm definitely going to tell all my friends about this and be like oh yeah like go listen to my podcast with her and then, like, hopefully that will, like, spark something in them. And then they'll start to think about it. And then, you know, that's how, when you start to think about it, like, that's how things change. So just a, just a thought, you know. And if you have the debate, you know, hit me up. Let me know. I'm down. You want to be back. A part two. I, I, I probably won't be back. You know what? Never say never. You never know yeah, how long this podcast I, I feel like I feel like I feel like I'm going to get attacked. Oh, my God. I Well, okay. listen. You don't I have think... my address, right? I'll find you. Don't worry. Okay. If I need to, I will. Um, but as of now, no. Um, I think this conversation has definitely been a long one. And we had a few other talking points, but I think we should we should wrap it up here. Sure. But I really appreciate that insight because it's definitely something that I kind of want to do more of. But what would you kind of tell listeners? Like, if there's any, was there anything new you learned or anything you would encourage? young people to just do in exploring their sexuality or in just like diversifying their understanding of things like what would what advice would you give to people listening or what's a takeaway that you're going to leave with um i'd honestly just say have more uh open conversations about sex in general because even having like this conversation with you i've thought about some things that i didn't even say on the podcast but just you know like internally that I'm like oh wow like I never thought of that or or you know when you had me like bring up like my past and my past like sexual experiences I'm like oh yeah like you know just like a different view of things so I thought it was it was actually really helpful so yeah definitely talk to people good I'm glad no that's the purpose of the podcast um I don't know if you want to give any more information about yourself for the listeners if anybody wants to follow you on Instagram or if you want to just keep that to yourself I don't think I will Okay. <laughs> well, I just wanted to thank you again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciated you coming here and having this conversation with me. I think no it was problem. it was definitely like multifaceted. Um, but I think it's important. Um, and yeah, I encourage everybody to kind of look to the the people in their lives and have these challenging conversations because I think they bring kind of brighter futures. Um but yeah, I just wanted to say thank you again. 
No problem, Felicia. Thanks for having me. You're so I welcome. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you're here. Um, I want to... a week. <laughs> okay. I didn't, I didn't know I could make a man this excited, but I'm glad. I'm glad it's you. Um, Talk about sex. Come on. Mm. Um, all right. Well, I wanted to thank everyone for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Ladies Let's Talk About Sex podcast for weekly episodes every Monday. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Ladies Let's Talk About Sex for more information about the topics we discussed today. Thanks for listening.